I, I got my focus on passion and empathy Gaining perspectives, investing, I do believe Money and grinding go hand in hand, you will see I'm working smart, expanding my energy Hope that you feeling me, I'm acting differently You got a friend in me I'm working hard to try and work smart No time to complain, it's time to start We gotta work Future Millionaires Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Future Millionaires Today we have on Elliot. Drake, who is a co-founder of Connected, which, as we mentioned in a previous episode, is a badass SaaS company that is growing at a very fast rate. So without further ado, Elliot, how are you doing today, brother? Hey, I'm living the dream, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure, brother. So I'd love for you to start us out with just like a 60 to 90 second snippet on where you're really at in your life and business right now. Love it. Yeah, so 21 years old, at a place in my life where... You know, I just feel like honestly, everything is, is very clear. Like, I guess that's the best way to put it. Like yeah. business is doing really well. You know, we're helping a lot of people. Companies growing mm-hmm. fast. Um, you know, I'm just feeling good, man. Like, oh, yeah. I love it. So would you say this is like the clearest you've ever felt, you know, in your existence? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Because you know, I started in digital marketing about five years ago, man. And yeah. You know, I was working with a lot of clients, you know, I kind of bounced around from thing to thing mm-hmm. uh, because my biggest focus is how much, how can I make the biggest impact in the marketplace uh, mm-hmm. and helping people's lives. And, you know, finally with what we have with connected and the way we're serving our customers uh, and just really making a dent there, um, you know, add so much clarity and it just, it just feels really good. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. So, so let's rewind the clock a little bit before we dive into everything, because, you know, we got a young audience base here on Future Millionaires, a lot of people in the college to high school range. So I noticed you said that, you know, about five years ago, you were into digital marketing. Um, I'd like for you to just explain a little bit about your early upbringing and how that really brought you into entrepreneurship. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, didn't have the most traditional childhood, you know, mm-hmm. had you know, dad was a drug addict, ended up, you know, like committing suicide when I was 17. Wow. Uh, I just had a lot of issues growing up in, in the household, mm-hmm. which now that I'm older and I can kind of look back into the way that I acted, it was because of those events where I was able to pour my um, myself into business and trying to achieve and become the best version of myself I possibly could. Yeah. And so that's really how I got into entrepreneurship started in sneakers, uh, much like my business partner, Devin, kind of how we got connected. We go to trade shows, flip sneakers. I was always able to make more money doing that than working a traditional job that led into a clothing line, uh, which then flopped. But then I realized through that, that, Hey, the reason why this didn't work was because I didn't understand how to sell online. And then that's where my love for digital marketing started and I just literally spent my high school years just like watching YouTube videos, learning how to run yeah. Facebook ads and everything just started to compound from there. Awesome. So I got a few questions on that too. So starting with the Facebook ads that you recently mentioned, I remember when I first got into Facebook ads, I did watch a lot of YouTube videos also, but like for me at least, I got into drop shipping first, right? And I watched all these like videos on how to do it. And I swear, if it were like a rubric, I would have got an A in school. You know, I did everything that they were telling me to do, um, but I got an F from the marketplace, right? I, I didn't sell shit. I sold one thing to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I I felt hard. Like, yeah, like China stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I only had like $300 when I started that too. So I, I'm just wondering for you though, what was that experience like, you know, like learning from YouTube and then with your Facebook ads and when you start to learn that, like, did you have failures along the way? Was it smoother for you? I'm, I'm curious to kind of hear more about that experience. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, I started on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was, ha I had a couple of clients, like never did anything amazing, like yeah. had a couple of clients, but at the end of the day, like I could get results for some clients, but then some I couldn't. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, which later what I realized is the right versus the wrong client, uh, you know, understanding the different pieces that an individual needs to have for this formula to produce a result, be able to be confident in that. And so I kind of struggled. Um, yeah. So then that's when I came to realization, okay, I understand how to do this service, but there's a difference between understanding how to do a service and actually running a real business and having a process. Mm -hmm. And so that's when, uh, I decided to go, I reached out to a guy uh, named Dennis Yu and basically worked for his company and yeah. he mentored me. That's why I moved to Arizona, worked on massive clients, corporate clients, travel with him all around the United States and even internationally for speaking events, got to sit, like at 17, I was literally sitting in the same room watching him close the San Diego Tourist Association. Yeah. So basically in, in a year and a couple month time frame, I got a four year degree in digital marketing after that was when I left and was able to start my own thing, working with massive influencers, helping them scale their courses through funnels, also mm -hmm. was working with e-commerce brands. So that's when I actually was able to see a massive stride. Uh, and then from that was where, okay, how can we, you know, an agency model, like it's great, but think about, you know, we have, close to 10,000 active customers. Now imagine having mm -hmm. 10,000 active traditional marketing clients running their yeah. Facebook ads. We would have to have an offer yeah, way yeah. bigger than this, like the complexity there. Um, you know, and I felt like I couldn't help as many lives. So that's how the agency led into the software. No, that, that's an, that's an awesome point. And before we move on to connected, there's one other point in your early upbringing, which first off, you know, clearly very unfortunate. I'm sorry you had to go through that experience when you were 17 yeah. of losing your father. I'm sure that made you super strong. And for other people out there who may be listening to this that maybe not had the same experience, but something else traumatic, a lot of times I see people go one or two paths. You know, they either kind of rise above like you did, or unfortunately, yeah. sometimes they fold just because they're in such a bad place. And sometimes they rebound later. Um, but for you, did you think that there's anything during that time period that really helped you pick the first of those options of, you know, rising above rather than, you know, kind of folding under that? Because I could really see how that would mess somebody up pretty bad. Yeah, man. Um, I'm a big believer in life happens for you, not to you. It's all about mm -hmm. perspective. Uh, you know, personally, uh, I have a very strong, my faith leads me in like everything that I do, yeah. which helped me be strong through those different moments. Uh, you know, so that's really just realize that life happens for you, not to you. And it's about how do you take the things that happen in your life and then turn them into something good. Like the way that I see it, you know, I've been able to have the luxury to speak on stages and things like that. Mm -hmm. I, even if it's a digital marketing event, I will start with telling my story about how that happened mm -hmm. and then lead up here. Because then number one, from a speaking standpoint, the crowd feels like they can connect with me, understand me. But in my own heart, I want people to realize like, hey, listen, everybody has a different story. Everyone goes through different events. Yeah. Uh, so you can really do anything you put your mind to. And so, you know, yeah, like, definitely. I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change the way 
what's happened in my life for, for nothing because I wouldn't be the person I am today and my journey would be so much different. Who knows if I'd be here if I didn't have a tough upbringing, you know? Yeah, very, very true. And I really like your perspective on that because, I mean, at the end of the day, it really is perspective for so much of life and how you perceive it and your attitude you take towards it. That's funny. There, there was one thing my basketball coach told me when I was, you know, a freshman in high school, and I still remember it's you, know, you can always control your attitude and your effort in any situation. And I feel yeah. like, yeah, what you said there kind of is the same thing. That's super important. Um, so, so going into Connected now, too, I mean, just start by telling everyone, you know, what's your roles in Connected? Because um, I know you guys, it's cool how you structured your team. You know, you have a lot of people in charge of different departments. So, you know, what are you really focusing on um, within Connected? Yeah, for sure. So I, I play the CMO role, uh, you know, handling all of our marketing and how we're going to bring more people into the business. And then as well, uh, you know, part of being an owner of, of a company, it's like, you know, owners, like where is the best place based on what our goals are for this quarter, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so I've been playing that role, but also working with Aaron Platt, uh, who came on with us a couple months ago, who's a you know, massive piece into helping with our growth, really develop and build this sales team. Uh, you know, and, and that's really my role. So handling a lot of the marketing mm-hmm. partnerships uh, and then also helping develop this sales team. Definitely, definitely. So, I mean, let's start with the marketing there, you know. First off, I'm, I'm wondering because uh, what I love about marketing is there's always kind of like fun niches you can get into. And when you really hit something, it makes a big impact. So I'm wondering what you first off enjoy doing the most out of all the different, you know, uh, avenues of marketing that you're going down, whether that be like content or, you know, like website development. I'm not sure if, you know, you guys hire somebody to do that or if somebody you on the team, but I'm just wondering what you really enjoy doing in that. No, I love content, you know, like honestly, Mm -hmm. uh, with connect at, at the end of the day, it's like, like we, we just started running Facebook ads. Like we've grown our whole user base from, obviously like relationships, but those aren't Mm -hmm. necessarily marketing, but using our tool to sell our tool, LinkedIn, right? Uh, And then also a big portion is YouTube and SEO. And the reason I'm saying I love those two avenues is because SEO, uh, it's a longer term game. But like, for instance, Mm -hmm. if you type in any of our competitors, we are ranking on the first page of all of their brands. So like we are just completely dominating there, which is also something that's helping to our growth SEO because it's a long-term play. It takes advantage of traffic that is already warm. You know, if they're going to Google and typing in LinkedIn marketing, Mm -hmm. LinkedIn region, that person already has a signal of being qualified. They already have a need. They already have a pain point. And then if you're right there, boom, you're going to take advantage of that. Same with YouTube, right? Like people don't really go on Facebook unless they're in Facebook groups, obviously, but Mm -hmm. they don't go on there to learn these different tactics. They go on YouTube to, you know, if you type in LinkedIn automation, for instance, on YouTube, my video ranks number three. I made that video eight months ago and, you know, it's made so much money, but I teach value in that video. And then at the end, I talk about, I talk about our tool and then in the description, I use things like Manny chat uh, over email because like they opt in to get the slides from the value. Mm-hmm. And then three days later, they get a link to booking a demo, which then results in a sales call. And then, you know, they get on yeah. um, like those different tactics because they live in their evergreen pieces of content where you can capitalize 
uh, on traffic that's already there monthly without having to really spend money for it. Definitely, definitely. No, and that's super cool. And I actually um, knew that you guys ranked very highly on YouTube as well, you know, taking up a lot of that real estate. So, I mean, starting there, um, with YouTube SEO, do you have any tips for somebody who would want to rank their own content, you know, specifically for their business on YouTube? Because I feel like a lot of people, they, they know they want to provide value, but they don't really know the tactics and the strategies to help their, you know, content rank highly. Yeah, there's kind of a lot. I'll, I'll just kind of start, like, if you want to start, what I want mm -hmm. to, you want to do is you want to identify, like, say you're starting a friend, brand new YouTube channel. What you want to do is, okay, who are the clients I want to attract? What are the topics that I'm going to teach about value I'm going to give based on pain points and issues your customers already have? Mm -hmm. Then there's tools out there. Just look up like research tools where you can see the search volume for certain keywords and then make lists, pre-make list of titles that you can make the YouTube video about, then make the YouTube mm. video based on the title that's already getting monthly search volume. Yeah. Make that video. Um, my video that ranks high is very long, so it's not following that, but it still works. But keep it between, on average, like a little over 10 minutes, 15 minutes is a little too long on mm. YouTube. Have that good uh, headline, which is gonna rank then have a short video that keeps people's attention, uh, 10 to, between 10 to 15 minutes long, then fill up your about section with all the different keywords and hashtags that you want. Also, another little tip is, I'll go into that in a second, then your thumbnail. Mm -hmm. Have a really th a good thumbnail that's gonna get people to click on it and things. Those are really the two main variables. And then, some like other kind of side hacks that you can, you can do is like, uh, and, and people think it's counterproductive. I forget the name of the channel, but he basically learned how to like hack the YouTube algorithm. What he'll do is he'll post a video. Um, I think he does like gold digger pranks. Like oh, cool man or something like that. Yeah. But what he'll do is he'll post that. And then all of his competitor channels that have posted similar content, like he posts like milk boys, all these things. He'll put links to their videos in his, in his about section at the very bottom. And what it does is it almost hijacks the credibility of their views and traffic for his content, then boosts it inside of the algorithm because YouTube thinks it's a good piece of content because it's associated to other channels mm -hmm. that already have social proof on their stuff. That's interesting. I've never heard of that last one. So that's, that's super cool. I, I'll have to test that out when, you know, um, we get more into content marketing on YouTube and okay. So one thing I hear about a lot on YouTube to go a little deeper into that while we're on the topic is, you know, you want to hit on like meta tags. And I hear some people saying they don't matter. Like what you put in your description doesn't matter as much. Like you hear a lot of conflicting information. So what's, what's your view on that? Yeah, no, it, it 100% matters. Like, because that's what you give because all social media platforms, what they want is they want to have a good experience for their users, right? So mm -hmm. based on things that you type in, they're going to give you results based on, you know, you know, what is the most relevant. So the more keywords and stuff you fill out in your about section, the higher you're just going to rank, you know, it gives you yeah. more signal. Definitely. Definitely. And I feel like, a lot of people too, when they make YouTube videos or they want to make content, a big reason uh, or an excuse a lot of people use is, you know, well, I don't have the time to do so. 
And I'm just wondering, do you have like, cause I know a lot of people may save time with like hiring VAs to do their editing process. And I also know some people really enjoy keeping that in house because they really want to make sure their videos are, you know, theirs. So how do you kind of structure that to be efficient while you're putting these out as well? Yeah. I mean, now we have a full team where it's very easy. Like we're posting content without really having to do anything. We're like recording uh-huh. a video. It's being turned into articles, like distributing. Uh, but it didn't start that way. You know, I started mm-hmm. doing YouTube back, you know, well, I don't even know how long ago. Right. But I would make the video. I would even edit it myself because I wanted to control kind of the messaging and what went out there, mm-hmm. uh, make the do everything. But the thing is, is like, Oh, I don't have time. Okay. Do you have time to work on your business? Like YouTube is something like a couple videos could take off and completely change the trajectory of your business. It, it really can. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing is, is focus on block out time, find, even if it's just 10 videos, okay, I want to get these 10 videos done and then I need to take a break and work on these other things for a while and let those build because YouTube is not, it's not just calendar driven content. That's, Oh, you got to post, 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 post. It's better if you do, but it's evergreen content. That's going to live for a long time. My video I posted eight months ago that I was talking about ranks number three for the word LinkedIn automation because it has so many views, has so many likes, and has so much social clout in YouTube that it looks like the best content. So it continues to rank. It can be years down the road. You know, I'm sure everyone yeah. has noticed you type something in and you know, a lot of the top ones are you you know, old. They're not brand new videos unless it's mm-hmm. from somebody who already has a massive following and gets immediate social group you know yeah definitely definitely so transitioning to facebook ads and whatnot too because i noticed you said you guys recently started running those i'm, I'm interested because i feel like a lot of times people specifically more so in the b2b space have trouble you know um, with facebook ads so i'm wondering what you guys are do targeting wise whether that be like a lookalike audience if you're you know letting the algorithm figure things out i'm curious to hear more about you know your guys's approach to that side of your business yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, like Facebook's just about testing, you know, we just mm-hmm. kind of started. So we're spending a lot of money in these first 30 days, testing lots of pieces of content, like thousands of variations yeah. uh, to figure out what's working. And like, we're getting a lot of calls, we're getting some results and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're profitable there, but you know, the only problem with Facebook that we find is a lot of times, you know, you can get high volume on Facebook, but you know, it's kind of hit or miss, you know, so, so we're still developing that. I don't really have a clear answer to, you know, how we like, we like LinkedIn a lot because our cost to acquire a customer is basically zero and they're qualified. YouTube, Mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, not YouTube, but Facebook, we sometimes just get people that it's just like, what? Um, But in regards to targeting, we've, uh, we've had pixels on our site for mm-hmm. you know the whole time we've had the company but yeah. we never leverage it so we have massive pixel data and like mm-hmm. you're right we're running website retargeting we created lookalikes based on you know people that have converted because we had those tracking in there already uh and so that is you know helping us succeed so we're just trying okay yeah we're leveraging those things it's just like figuring out that top of the funnel a little more is what we're focusing on right now 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially since you guys have recently started, because I know, like you said, you want to make sure you're not just saying, hey, look how many leads you brought in. It's like how many of those actually convert. So it's definitely important to optimize that as much as you can, which is always, always fun experiment um, when there's, you know, so many people out there within Facebook that you could be targeting. So awesome. Now, one thing I noticed, um, and I know Devin's huge on this, and even it's funny when I had my, my call with him, uh, you know, midway through the call, all the sales members were celebrating. And I noticed you said, you know, part of your role is building out the sales team and, you know, working on that side of stuff. So with, with that, I mean, your guys' culture is pretty sweet. What, what do you think, you know, you attribute the main, the main uh, aspects of how that culture was built? What would you attribute that to? It's respect, it's transparency, it's respect and, and being we, like our plan was to build this kind of culture, you know, like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's about like, it starts with leadership, right? Like we, yeah. we want to build more of a family. We want, we care about, like we take everybody, for instance, like everyone here feels valued. You know, there's some companies where people feel like they can't say anything. They can't voice their opinions or what they think is right. Uh, which is not something we want to create. We want everyone to feel like they have a voice uh, you know, and they're also helping towards this mission because at the end of the day, uh, we can't get to where we want to be without everybody collectively. And so that's what we take, you know, we just take mm-hmm. their thing. Of, we're going to respect everybody. We're going to treat them as, as equal. We're going to be super, super transparent. We're going to, you know, make it a fun environment for them to be in a place where they can thrive. Um, you know, and, it, it's just like, it's sick, dude. I don't, I don't know. Like th- those are just really the core values uh, that we've come into, you know, like whenever we hire everybody, we, we ask them like, what is your goal? You know, mm-hmm. like, a lot of our sales guys, like they're entrepreneurs themselves. Right. So, yeah, you know, we, we take those into consideration. We're like, okay, how can this, you know, if your goal is in, in three years to go and start your own thing and do these, right. We're not, we, we want to help them get there. Yeah. You know, we want this to be a stepping stone into something greater for them. And so we take all of that stuff in, into account and it's just built something amazing. And then also like strategies like gamification and, you know, mm-hmm. teams and points and like all this stuff and adding competitive nature. But uh, the core reason is, you know, just our values and principles. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And what is interesting, there are a few things in there I want to touch on. One of them is, you know, I noticed uh, that you said you guys bring on entrepreneurs and, you know, if they want to bring on, which is interesting because I know some companies are either like super anti, you know, if this is an entrepreneur, I don't want to hire them because that means they're going to, you know, learn something and leave and I don't want to go through the whole process. So I'm wondering, you guys clearly think that the benefits outweigh the negatives of that and you want to help them get to the goal. So I'm wondering, you know, your guys' mindset on hiring entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, we're not normally don't hire entrepreneurs that have like crazy thriving businesses, you know, mm-hmm. the, the power of, I, we like hiring entrepreneurs, like people who have an entrepreneurship mindset is because mm-hmm. they can see visions. We can talk about where we want to go and they can see it and they yeah. can bring, uh, you know, creative ideas and just different collaborative uh, things to the table that ultimately help all of us grow. You know, it like, mm-hmm. Willie, they see the vision. They, they believe in where we're wanting to go because I don't know, there's just power in it, man. Like yeah. an entrepreneur thinks differently. And so the more entrepreneurs you can have in an environment, we feel the faster you're going to grow because, you know, multiple brains is much stronger than just one, you know, 
Definitely. People who are more of just an employee role, you know, they have the SOP, this is what you need to do. Uh, but then there's mm-hmm. other individuals that don't perform like that. If we give them creative ability, uh, it brings massive, massive value to our company. But then also, you can't put an entrepreneur, someone who's entrepreneurial in their mindset, in a box because they're not going to be happy. They're not going to stay. That's you true. Know? So, Definitely. Yeah. No, it, it's really cool to see how you guys did that because, yeah, I, I just see a lot of agencies specifically, you know, because I'm still in the agency world, but a lot of times, you know, writing off people who are interested in entrepreneurship because they're, you know, afraid they're going to leave. But I'm, I'm definitely on the same aspect that you guys were like, you can get a lot of benefits from getting the right person who has that entrepreneurial mindset, but you know, clearly doesn't want to do their own venture at the moment. Yeah. And okay. So one thing I noticed you said too, was, you know, you guys want to set up your team members for success and that's a big part of your culture. And yeah. I'm curious to hear more about, you know, what that looks like uh, with your guys's goal setting and then how you help them achieve those goals. Yeah. We just, we put training in place, you know, mm-hmm. If they want, if they want training, if they want to get better at these things, we just open up doors, you know, for them. Yeah. Obviously, like you know, at the end of the day, we want to help them hit those goals. Like connected is the main focus. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But if you want to get here, right? A lot of the people want to get here, but there's a lot of things you need to go through to get there. Yeah. But with connected and and being a part of this team. Uh, we can open up massive doors and whatever you want, you know, like some of them, like you, it's all about relationships. So if you need a relationship with a certain person to help you get to where you want to go, mentorship, we can open those doors up. Uh, you know, we can, there's just lots of variables, you know, we just take their goals and mm-hmm. we, we put in places for them, whether it's training, whether it's uh, spending more one time with them, whether it's, Oh, Hey, this is kind of what I really want to do, but I'm not good at, uh, allowing them to also work on those aspects, you know, like we have yeah. one that's crazy good at sales, but he loves video and he loves the creative. So like, yeah. you know, he's doing these like Friday things like took it upon himself and he's just doing these like Friday interviews with everybody and he like loves it, you know? And so, you know, we're not like, we're like, we embrace that, you know, we want yeah. people to, yeah. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. No, it's super cool. So Say, say somebody too comes in and you know, they're like, Hey, I, I want to be the top sales representative. Like that's, that's what I care about. I'm a competitive person. I want to be at the top. Yeah. Are you guys, well, I guess I got a few questions into this one. So clearly you guys are using connected to, you know, generate these meetings and I'm assuming all your sales reps have connected running on their profiles. Mm-hmm. Are they the ones who manage that profile or do you guys have different kind of like appointment set of roles where these people help manage the profiles and generate the appointments and then the salespeople get on the calls or is it like they're generating their own appointments too and then getting uh, the calls with them? It's kind of like a hybrid, right? So mm-hmm. not every, not everybody's a closer, right? So we have finders, which those are people who are just amazing at generating leads. Like we have guys, mm-hmm. specific guys who just like literally just, they know how to type, they know how to talk, they know how to, it's just crazy. They can set so many meetings, uh, but they can't close. So we have finders who are just in a finder role. That's all they do. Then we have closers who all they do is get fed leads from the finder. They close them down all day. Mm-hmm. We have developers who the developers nurture the clients we have, make sure they're happy, do these different things like ask for referrals, etc. cetera. Uh, but still closers will also find their own leads as well. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really three different stages. No, that, that's cool to hear how it's segmented because that's something I'm trying to do in my own agency. 
Um, you know, cause right now like sales reps are also generating a lot of the leads and I feel like that's definitely the better approach to it. So for you guys too, um, how many appointments a week are you guys aiming to get on? Like for, you know, to have a really successful sales career to hit that threshold each week. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're doing, we have about 40 to 50 sales calls per day. Yeah. That's nice. So yeah. What, what's that, what's that broke down to like each person? Like what's an individual goal for that? So the listener yeah. can better understand if they're out there and they really want to know what they should be expecting to crush in sales. Yeah. For like connected basically. I mean, yeah, it's different, right? Like it depends on your close rate. So, and like how qualified the lead is like for us, we have, we, you know, very rare, but we literally have a 67% close rate on someone who books a demo that goes through our funnel. Yeah. You know, so we can calculate what that really is. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that answers your question, but each person they should like one of our standards is like a finder should generate it, have at least three leads per day generated. Closer should be basically on calls every part of the day. They should do eight to nine demos each per day. Yeah. That, that's a super solid number to hit. Like yeah. that's, that's the yeah, level that's, I'm trying to get to. That's yeah. the goal, you know, not uh -huh. each one always is, you know, we're working towards that. Some do some, yeah. obviously, um, you know, and as everyone's getting better, they're being developed. Uh, you know, we're continuing to go more and more. So definitely, definitely. So as, as an entrepreneur, I even noticed on um, this morning, you know, I was, I was on the good old grandma Instagram and I uh, checked out your story and I noticed you post some about consistency. And I feel like focus and consistency are like two of the most important things and basically anything you're going to do in life. So I, I want to hear more about what that's been for you and how, how important that's been in your journey. Oh, it's huge. Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. Uh, he was, it was, it was a buddy of mine and, and we had, we had dinner and he was just like, man, like, I'm just not liking what I'm doing and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, like three months ago, you were talking about, Hey, you're working this job so you can gain these skills. So then you could get into real estate and be able to flick, you know, flip houses and things like that. Listen, you know, I haven't loved digital marketing this whole, you know, there's been points where I haven't liked it and I've wanted to quit. Yeah. I, you know, the shiny object syndrome, uh, has, has come about where I'm like, Oh, maybe drop shipping would be cool or Amazon or like, you know, it just happened. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I stuck to what I'm doing, which then led to like, you know, we are just getting started, but where we're at now, it was just literally the consistency. Even if things fail, just stay to what the path you're going. Because like, if I were to not stay with digital marketing, I would not, be where we're at right now with connected and the things we're doing here still digital marketing it's just packaged different it makes sense because we mm -hmm. we don't just give software we actually help with strategy on linkedin do lots of things with just the software um if i were to two years ago right the agency was just stressful i wasn't you know things were just messed up at times if I were to switch to do Amazon automation or like these drop shipping things, I have to jump, obviously, you know, knowledge on Facebook and all these things would have added to it, but I would have to go through that whole process again, right? It's what's that, that saying of like it be, to be mass or something at 10 takes like 10 oh, hour, yeah. hours or whatever. It's 100% the case. Like if you figure out something, if you stick with it, you're bound to become successful if you never give up.
Like it's just facts. Work hard every day, be consistent with that one thing and it, it, it'll all pan out. You know, people don't, you know, most successful people in the world don't just say that for no reason, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's definitely patterns in success. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. And so this is, it's so simple, you know, it's funny. It's almost kind of like, you know, how do you get. It's simple yet hard. It's easy. Exactly. It's it's hard to implement it. It's hard when you just, you know, like work till 12 o'clock at night and you have to be up at six to get out of bed and do that day after day after day. Um, You know, but that's where it comes down. Like take personality tests, like really understand why you're doing this. You know, for me, I want to make an impact in the world. I want to build a legacy. You know, I, I enjoy and I love helping people. And this is my outlet to do that. I really believe by helping businesses, that is a massive trickle effect into everything else. Cause if I help a business owner uh, grow, make more money, succeed, that also helps him provide for his family better, which then helps his kids live a good life. Their kids never have to see their parents struggle. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's a massive ripple effect that happens in the world, which is why we're here. Like, you know, money, mm-hmm. money's obviously great, but money is a, just a really a tool. Money's never really been the core thing of why I do this. I do it because I like to make an impact in the world, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I, I think um, what you said about, you know, the simplicity of it all and how that, you know, it's simple, but difficult. And it kind of reminds me of like, you know, working out is simple, like in theory, but it's difficult to get ripped because, you know, it takes that consistency, the right food, the right sleep, um, which, you know, of course, if you're going to a party, well, you just messed up your whole sleep schedule. So it's a lot of sacrifices, you know, just like it is to succeed and stay consistent in business. And I really, really liked how you went into that trickle effect. Cause that is something that I think is so underrated and people don't realize that if, like you said, if you can help this business generate more money, it's, it's not just like, great. I help the business make money. It's what does that money do? You know, can they hire a new employee? And now that employee has, even if it's not like they're making more money, even if it's just something that now they have a new avenue in life that they're actually passionate about, or they don't hate their job every day. And that trickles down to their family, their relationships. And dude, if you can make somebody, exactly, exactly. And that's what I love about business as well. And it's super cool to hear um, you're on that same wavelength with that because it just is like the most true and the most fulfilling when you can really help somebody in that way. Um, So yeah, it's quite incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I noticed you said too is, and this is something that I used to think, I used to think I was like, what I want to do for work is I want to do something I enjoy every day. Right. Mm-hmm. I just want to be like happy every day. And the more I get into my work, the more I, th- I think I want to reevaluate that statement almost because it's like every day isn't going to be enjoyable, but that doesn't mean it's not something that's fulfilling and that's worth pursuing. And I, I noticed you hinted at that too. So I'm wondering what's kind of your like outlook on that. Cause I remember days that were hard. I was like, should I be doing this? And then I, I just kind of had like a few different internal conversations. So I'm wondering just your views on like, you know, what, how, how to work through that. Um, and then also how to look at something that might not be the most enjoyable, but you still get more fulfillment than you don't from it. Yeah, no, it's a great, I mean, that's a great question because like entrepreneurship is not like, you know, boom, we're starting a business, Lambos, Ferraris, like, you know, I'm just living life. I'm a boss. I can do whatever I want. You know, it's like, it's very hard work. 
you know, working a normal nine to five job is very probably for a lot of people, some not right. Depressing and, you know, sucks, but, um, entrepreneurship is so much harder, especially being a business owner. Like everybody, everything relies on you. Like whenever mm-hmm. pro- problems go on, customers come to you, your employees, you're in charge of like their success. And so it can add a lot of stress, but at the end of the day, it comes back to like why you're doing it, right? Like you have bad, you're going to have good and bad days all the time, right? Like for instance, yesterday, like some days I wake up, right? And I feel like I'm just slaying giants. Like I can just go through walls. I'm feeling great. Everything is aligned. Some days it's like, man, dude, I just feel like I'm just getting sprayed by a dang fire hose all day long. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's those hard days that if you keep pushing forward and just suck it up, like it's just, it's just inevitable. So the way that the, like to answer your question is understand that you're going to have those days. The problem that I see, because I was, I also ran a business called laneclients.com where I worked with a lot of students, people trying to start. And that was where they would get hung up. They would have a bad day. They would get discouraged. They would carry that energy into the next day. And then like I'm saying, the compound effect, then you start stacking these days, starts hurting your confidence. Then when you feel like you're not doing anything right on business, then you start to slack on other things and then it kind of just compounds and then people give up. Right. So understand that even the best of the best have off days and focus on why you're doing it. You know, try to keep your mindset right by doing things that are like working out, meditating. Like, like if I feel stressed out, if problems, I literally stop what I'm doing and I'll just, I'll meditate for like 10 minutes. Just take deep breaths. I will go for a walk, do something and just keep focusing on like, you know, you can do this. I do a lot of affirmations. I walk down the street and look like a weirdo talking to myself, (laughs) but the stuff works. You know what I'm saying? Um, just focus on the vision, focus on where you want to go and just believe in yourself and, and don't be, don't let a bad day compound into other days that make things bad, I guess. Definitely. No, there's some really powerful stuff in there because it's easy. Like, like we said earlier, you know, the, the concept is simple, but the actual execution is quite difficult when you get down to the tough days. And I'd like for you to hit a little more on some of the affirmations that you do and the, the meditations you use like an app, like Headspace or anything like that too. If somebody were listening that they Yeah, I use Headspace. Okay. And then affirmations, did you get that from like a certain YouTube video or like, do you have a routine that you typically do with that? Yeah, I'll just like, I write down, um, like I write down like what I'm grateful for and like the person, like where, like who do I want to be, right? I want to be, I want to be a man who is, you know, good to his family, all these, all these different things. Like I am confident. I am, you know, I can do anything that I put my mind to like figure out what those things are for you based on who that person you want to be is right. Mm-hmm. And everyone's affirmation is going to be different based on who they are. So take time, write down who you want to become, what traits you want to have, and then make those your affirmations. Definitely. Definitely. And some people, when I've talked to them about affirmations before, I, I, I wouldn't say it's super common, but I do hear every now and then I hear, you know, I write this down, but I don't really feel anything. Um, do you have any advice on like, besides from writing it down, is there anything else that you do? Or is it just that consistency and repetition of doing that every day that eventually builds? Say it. It, It's, it's repetition, you know? Yeah. I'm not, 
Like that's the thing. It's like you can't go in. You can't go into it with, oh, I did it today. Like, and you're saying like, I am confident. I am powerful. You know, these different days in the morning, and then like you had a bad day, and you're like, oh, those those don't work, and then you stop. It's repetition because the things you say, like the way you think, manifests itself. Uh, the way you think manifests itself into reality. So if you're thinking it's not working, that's technically going to manifest itself down into working. But if you're telling yourself, Hey man, I'm just saying these affirmations, they are working. You're subconsciously number one, putting in your head repeatedly over the course of a long period of time, which compounds You've been telling yourself for six months, every single day that you're confident, you're powerful. You are the leading person in your industry. You're great at what you do. You're going to believe that because that's your, there's inputs, outputs, the inputs you put into your brain affect the way you think, which the output is the way you act, the way you, you know, how you think, which makes a feeling, which then makes an action. And so focus on inputs of affirmations, positive things that are going in, that's going to make you think positively, believe that, which turns into a feeling of feeling good, feeling powerful, feeling confident, you know, like you're clear, you know where you want to go, which gives you the action of acting in that way which is going to help you be more successful. You, you know, it, it's just, it sounds cliche, but like, it's <laughs> all so real, man. Like, so definitely real. it's, I mean, it, we, we keep hitting on this. It's kind of like the simple concept, you know, like good in, good out, yeah. but it just is so true when you're consistently doing it. It's just the consistency is that hard part, which you touched on earlier and how important that is to stay consistent. So you can get through those, you know, days that aren't so easy and I mean, something um, that's helped me definitely, and I'm wondering if this has helped you as well, um, just in your experience as an entrepreneur and business person. So getting a mentor slash coach, I mean, my definition and difference of the two is a coach is somebody who you pay, a mentor is somebody who like, you know, and they like you, so they're helping you out. So yeah. I'm, I'm wondering for you, have you had experience with either um, of the two and how, how was that for you? Yeah. yeah, no, I have, I have lots of mentors, man. I, I was even blessed at a young age to, um, have a couple mentors in my life that like here in India are very big. Like one is very successful commercial real estate investor. And, you know, he always spoke into my life. Like, you know, uh, before I like, was actually making money and doing things like I would work mm -hmm. in his house and like, I would just go and clean up his house. And then I would go into the garage and watch them working. And I have a video on it, but like, there's just one thing that always stuck with me was he would literally do it all the time. He'd go on, like he, office was in the garage he'd literally go to the ladder pick a ladder up and put it in the middle of the floor and then he would give me an analogy about why people are are successful and why people aren't and he would just make the analogy of how life and success is about going up one step of the ladder at a time the reason people fail is because they start they look at the top of the ladder they try to jump all the way to the top of the ladder what happens they're going to fall down right they're going to get discouraged that you know then they're going to give up and settle for the life uh, that is not what they could truly become. Or they look at the top of the ladder, they realize it's way too far and way too high and they never try to jump, right? So they never even start. The way to get success is going up the ladder one step at a time and then you will eventually get there. You know, I never knew that, uh, you know, where we're at right now, which is literally just, I don't even think I'm, close to it. I'm not even close to the top. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. from where I started, it's crazy. Like 
watching that, like that clothing line had to fail. I had to start watching Facebook ads that led to me knowing how to do it, which led to me being willing to ask a mentor, a different mentor to work for him for free, doing all the work to prove to him to then that compounding, you know what I mean? It's just one step of the ladder at a time uh, that compounded to where I'm at today. I wasn't here at the start and was like, yeah, that's what I'm, I never thought that, you know, but it's those actions, you know, if you, things will fall in place, the law of attraction, what you put into the world, the actions that you do, if you keep pushing forward and you focus on getting 1% better every day, that is seriously going to compound into something you had never dreamed of before, in my opinion. Definitely. And you're, it's, it's really cool to hear too, that you had free work that, you know, really helped you gain certain skill sets and knowledge. Cause I feel like a lot of, and I get some people, you know, it's really hard for them if they're not in the financial situation, like some people need to support their families and whatnot. And right. I, I really, you know, there's, there's so many variables in life, but at the end of the day, money spends once knowledge monetizes forever. Right. And it compounds. And I mean, how important was that like humbling experience of working for free for you um, in order to gain those, that skill set and the knowledge that you gained from that? Uh, well, the thing is, is I, I never ended up having to work for free. Uh, I offered to, that's, mm. that's how I got asked. Like, listen, this is what I'm doing. I'm willing to work for you for free. Basically he sent me like 130 hours of his own internal training material and said, study this. You have two weeks. I'm flying you out. And if you pass, I will hire you. You don't have to work for free and be your mentor. I lived with him for a year and a half in Arizona. Literally was on a plane every two weeks. But I was, wow. thing is, is I was willing to do that. That's the core thing. But, you know, so be, be willing in to do that. You know, this leads into another side tangent about like college. That's my problem with college is like, I think college, you know, like people, college is not that bad of a thing. The only problem I have is like uh, with college is you don't need it for everything. And so like I see kids who have been conditioned, right, inputs, outputs their whole life that, hey, get good grades, you can go to college, you get a piece of paper, then you can get a job. So subconsciously the input is that, hey, it's the piece of paper you need to get this job, which is a completely false. So you have kids that have just got by, they're going to college, they don't pay attention, they just cheat on the test and get a good grade, just do enough to pass to get a piece of paper, then they enter the real world after they've ranked up, racked up sometimes hundreds of thousand dollars in debt then can't get a job because an employer only cares about the value you can bring to the company. That's all that matters. Like, are you irreplaceable? Do you actually bring value? So mm-hmm. if you're going to college, um, you don't even have to know what you want to do, but actually go to college to gain skills and not just get a grade in a piece of paper because that's not what's important. You know what yeah. I mean? That's my problem with it. I, I definitely get what you're saying. Um, and yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's funny because like you said, you don't need a degree to get a job, like even a well-paying job or a job that's fulfilling. Like look what Elliot did guys. He approached this um, person who he respected and admired and wanted to become more like that person in certain areas or learn more from them, develop those work habits. And he approached him, offered to work for free. Like if you do that to enough people, even if you think you can't get around those people, 
reach out to me. I'll help you, you know, with a podcast. And then look, you know, Elliot and I are connecting via podcast. It's just such an amazing age we live in if you're leveraging it and you can't let it leverage you in a sense. Um, Cause yeah, but basically little tangent there, but yeah, college, college definitely has value in some areas, but I don't know. I mean, I, I could go in the rabbit hole in college, so, so I'll, I'll stay away from, uh, from all my opinions on that. But I'm wondering for your mentorship, what was like the top takeaway um, from, you know, going down to Arizona that much and flying and just observing this high performer? Yeah, I mean, he just like pushed me, man. Like, for instance, um, he literally would make me make a video a day. Like, I have unlisted videos on my YouTube. They're so funny uh, because he saw the value of content, right? And me being able to share my story over video and being comfortable there. But when I started, yeah. it wasn't. So he saw that. And as a mentor, he's like, hey, the only way he's going to get better is by doing it. It literally forced me to make videos every day. They sucked. To now where I can literally just pick up a camera and record. Also, I didn't like to speak. Right? This is a very funny story. So I would travel with him. He was always a keynote speaker um, to all these different conferences. And my job was to be on like the stand on while he was speaking, walking around, change slides and like do the stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> and one time he asked me like on the plane right there is actually in Singapore. Uh, we went to like China, Chang uh, we went to Chengdu, China, Hong Kong, Singapore. We spoke in Singapore. It's like 300 some people there. Uh, and he asked me on the plane right there, Hey, do you want to speak? I was like, no, no. I was like, I'm good. Right. Literally mid thing while he's there, he's like, Elliot, why don't you come up and tell your story? And like talk about, like, I knew the information like through, like, what am I going to say? No, no. Like everyone's watching. So threw me out there, got me out of my comfort zone. I obviously stuttered messed up at first, but then I found a flow like, and then did good. And then I literally got off stage and I had the biggest hot, like it almost like natural high in my life. And boom, all of a sudden broke my limiting beliefs to where now I'm comfortable doing that. Same thing from a standpoint of, um, you know, beginning entrepreneurs, they have, uh, especially younger, I've worked with a lot of younger kids, uh, like wanting to start agencies and things like that. And their biggest thing was they would be uncomfortable. They would get nervous having those business conversations or asking for money from older professionals. Uh, that was also a thing that I learned, right? I, I was able to sit there, analyze, how does he talk? How is his body language? He's making eye contact, looking directly at them. Those different things I was just always analyzed and I picked up that whenever I was able to go and do it on my own, it changed it because my confidence of talking to those people uh, was just night and day difference. You know, those small things that you pick up. And then obviously, you know, I, you know, we worked with clients like the Golden State Warriors, Ashley Furniture, T, like big brands. So I got to see what does it look like um, to deal with, you know, work on kind of clients and deals of those magnitude and what goes into that. And, you know, just a lot of different things, man. You know, I, I got to see how like a team's built, how it's run, how each person, uh, you know, has a different piece that makes sure that this ultimately gets done. You know, so just just learned a lot that at a young age, it's, it's hard for you. You know, you're just not you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, man, that, that that's that's such a valuable experience through that whole mentorship. And especially <laughs> I love how you put you on stage midway through on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am huge on getting uncomfortable. Uh, like, love it, love it. And that is 
it just seems like I could imagine being in that scenario and just being like, I'm about to shit myself, but still going on stage. Yeah, my face was so red. I was so nervous. I was sweating. Yeah, yeah but my face is probably super red right now, dude. My AC in my office is broken. And it's like, is <laughs> it here? No, you're looking good, man. You got the nice backdrop, too. For those of you listening on audio, you might want to check it out on YouTube to, to see it. But, um, <laughs> dude, I, I bet you grew that one day in your public speaking confidence more than potentially, you know, like years before that. Like, yeah, that's just the power of it. And that's why for any listeners, like putting yourself in super uncomfortable scenarios is super uncomfortable, but in the long run that compounds so much. So, you know, we're, we're wrapping up towards the end of the episode here. And there's always two questions I like to ask all my guests that come on the show. And the first one of those is, what is advice that you hear often, but you personally disagree with? You know, there's tons of advice on social media and whatnot, and especially with different entrepreneurs on Instagram. So I'm just wondering, what do you consistently hear that you're like, you know what? I don't think that that's the right way to do it. I don't know. I think, I think I don't like the idea of like, people are just like, just like, like start, like for instance, like I think that there needs to be prep and stuff like, example I'll just show you like what I see in the marketplace that I really don't like uh, which is what other people are telling people to do for instance uh, lots of businesses feel burned by digital marketers digital marketers because uh, they're just told to go out and just like sell a deal without having kind of confidence in what it is that they can do uh, you know, I feel like you need to have the expertise before trying to like give advice and like go out and doing these different things, uh, which if you don't learn from some of the mentor, you know, I don't think you should mm -hmm. go out and just, you know, try to sell something or do something and risk ruining one, your reputation to, you know, having a client invest this money or whatever, do this thing, whenever you don't really know what you're doing. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's super valuable. And whether getting that for a mentor or like you said, you know, offering to work for free and then learning those skills, yeah. um, if or it's like for a client or whatnot. Just make sure you go through the right courses. Like, trust me, I, I know a lot of these like influencer guys and like these like course sellers and they're not really experts. They're just freaking course sellers. So learn how they sold you that course. Then maybe think about that. Business, you know, <laughs> there's a Definitely. lot of really good ones out there though. Like, trust me, great course for mm -hmm. someone I think to, that doesn't even know really what they're doing. I think a digital marketing agency or a consulting business is a great one for people to start uh, because if you learn and understand marketing, um, you know, it, it, that's just going to take you in everything. We live in a world where it's all freaking marketing. Like that's everything, right? Everyone has an, a lot of people have a great service, a great offer, all these different things, but it's the people who out market the others, the people who uh, can, can, uh, afford like they can spend more to acquire a customer than any of their competitors those are the people that are going to win um also a side note to how we're coming into this existing space and dominating because no one can outspend us to acquire a customer plus we offer way more value it has to go hand in mm -hmm. definitely definitely so Another, my last question I like to ask here is, you know, clearly with all the success, you're, you're a young guy and you've had a lot of success up to this point in your life as well as failures. But, you know, a lot of times you look at entrepreneurs and everyone's like, man, like they're, they're doing it right. But there's always, you know, things that we're looking to improve on in our life or business. So I'm just wondering what's like one big thing that you are looking to improve on in your life or business here? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's leadership becoming a better leader, you know, because as you grow, that's it. it you know, this has been. I mean, this stage in in our company has been a massive growing point for me, you know, and really all of us, you know, the more people you bring on, really, the more complex the business gets, the more people that you have to, you know, keep happy and lead, everyone has different personalities. So like, how do you learn to like incentivize and, you know, help specific people based on, you know, it just gets more complex. So like one thing that I'm really focused on is like, how can I just continue to become a better leader? Because being the leader, uh, it's that's where it starts when you lead that's how things move right it's our job to cast a vision be a better leader help people get to where they want to be in the organization so I'd, I'd say that just trying to become the best leader I possibly can yeah definitely and that will benefit you in so many aspects of life for sure so th- thank you so much for coming on where is the best place for you know a listener to follow up with you or connected at yeah, Instagram is just Elliot Drake underscore. Uh, shoot me a DM. Also, you can do LinkedIn, just Elliot Drake. Or if you want to check out my YouTube, just type in Elliot Drake, E L L I O T, and then Drake like the rapper. <laughs> love it, love it. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure.